morning, Will. How are you? I'm good, Diana. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate it very much. Uh, well, I, I tell you what, just start out just by introducing yourself. Okay. So my name is Diana Swartz and my husband and I own Daffodil Bull in Puyallup, Washington, which is um, south of Seattle, probably about 30 miles south of Seattle. And of course, inside every bowling alley is a restaurant and bar. And that's where my focus has been. Gotcha. How long have you been uh, in hospitality, Diana, you and your husband? Not very long. Well, and it's an interesting background. And I know that a lot of your podcasts uh, feature people who've been in hospitality ever since they were in their teens. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we are that exception. Um, and it's interesting because hospitality really runs a gamut. And my background is actually um, contracts management and paralegal. So I started uh -huh. in litigation. And it's interesting how some of those experiences translate over into hospitality. My husband probably has a deeper um, normal perception of what hospitality is, as he's run fitness centers for the last 44 years, owned and operated. Okay. So a lot of those, um, a lot of those skills translate over into hospitality. For me, I think, I think the key features for me, as far as being able to transfer over is really listening to people. And that's where the key for hospitality is for me. In the legal world, you really have to listen to what your clients tell you. You really have to be empathetic. A lot of people don't realize that, but you do, especially in litigation. And so I think a lot of those, those pieces and parts translate over because we really listen to our customers. The bowling um, industry itself has been around for forever. Everybody has a grandmother or a great grandfather. I mean, bowling centers have been around for forever, but they've evolved. And it's important to be able to listen to those customers and listen to what they want, what their expectations are, even into the restaurants and bars. So it's been a growing experience for us. We've owned uh, the center here for four and a half years, but it's an, an icon in this area. It was actually built in 1957. And we've celebrated oh, oh, quite wow. a few 100-year-old birthdays here. So it truly is um, an important part of the community. And for us, it's been just, it's been wonderful to be able to delve into, into who our clients are, what they want, what makes them come back. Uh, we have a huge juniors program, which is really important to us to develop because those are our future bowlers. And along with that, a lot of people don't realize that you know, the typical football, basketball, those types of scholarships are out there for kids, but there's also a huge amount of bowling scholarships as well. So we try to really develop those juniors up into, into our future clients. Where do you take a bowling scholarship? Pardon me? Where do you, where can you get a bowling scholarship? Oh, you'd be amazed all the way across the United States. So it's uh. It's a lot of fun. We actually have a Saturday program, a junior program that we do. And these are little tiny kids. I mean, they you'd be amazed. A lot of people don't realize that these little five-year-olds can actually heave that ball down the lane without, <laughs> without the ramp. And um, so we have some phenomenal junior coaches who work with them all the way up. We have high school uh, bowling teams that come in and use our facilities. So we have a lot of, 
a lot of exposure in the community, not just for those traditional bowling leagues, but we also have a lot um, across the board as far as kids coming in and um, community. It's a, it's a real community place. We have a big party room, so we do a lot of graduation parties, birthday parties, corporate events, those kinds of things. So, and then along with that, because um, this is an older building, we're going to be turning our focus to doing a full renovation. And part of that is to, most people have the perception of bowling alley food, and that isn't always the best perception. We really pride ourselves on sort of um, bringing in a new concept of bowling alley food, but still keeping a lot of those traditional items as well. But our goal is when we really do this full renovation is to become a destination restaurant and bar as well. So not just um, not just servicing our bowling people, but also our, our greater community because the area that we live in is really growing exponentially. So we're excited about it. We've got some great things coming and um, my team is, I think, the best in the world. I, I really love them. I really, really do. So you've been at it for four and a half years. This place has been around um, for, gosh, what, close to 70 years, 60, mm -hmm. 70 years. Um, so how many, like, did you, did you all buy the business from somebody that was retiring? Or We did. We okay. did. And it was family owned. And as most bowling centers are, there's, um, there's a few that are, you know, more of the corporate level, but ours is a family owned business and we bought it from a family. And they have been in the bowling business for many, many years. And, you know, one of the keys, I think, in, in being successful in anything that you do is being able to take coaching and to be able to take training from those that are in the know. Mm -hmm. And we were blessed enough to have um, kept on as a consultant the, the prior owners. And they worked hand in hand with us for a year and then continue to to visit us. In fact, they're actually coming back from Arizona so that he can coach that juniors program on Saturdays. So we're pretty excited. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and we are actually, we're not the, uh, what I call the Chuck E. Cheese bowling centers. We actually are a full bowling center where we can host pro tournaments. So we're one of the busiest in the state of Washington of our kind. So along with that comes the, um, depth, I think, in the restaurant and bar where people, we have a phenomenal amount of uh, business that goes through our restaurant and bar. So as far as bowling centers in the area, we're the busiest, um, even down to that restaurant and bar. So um, the restaurant and bar piece of that is very interesting. I remember growing up as a kid and you referenced this, you know, it was like, I mean, you could get like I remember getting spaghetti for whatever reason. I always remember I always got spaghetti at the bowling alley, but it was like, as you said, bowling alley food. And um, you're start, I, I, you know, I am starting to see more of that shift. Um, so how do you, I mean, how do you attract people to come in to a restaurant that's attached to a bowling alley that aren't coming to bowl first and then, you know, wanting to get some good food while they're there? Sure. We are actively marketing. Um, most of our marketing is done through social media and it's really, um, it's about tapping into the community. Some of our, our most, 
our most successful programs, I think, have been bringing people into really advertising that we have the banquet room. We have the uh, the opportunity for you to bring in not only work, but birthday, graduation, and expose them to the foods that we have. Um, that has worked out really very well for us. We have a lot of promotional uh, marketing tools that we use. One of the, the items that we use is uh, for our teams. And this is um, something that, that's worked out really well, not only um, for us here, but also in the fitness center, which is bonusing our teams. If you have this phenomenal special that we're running and you, or drink special as well, and you post that and you do that every time that you do that, if you do 10 of those in a month, we'll bonus you $100. It's that simple. That's cool. And that is ground roots marketing. And it works out very well for us. Um, you'd be amazed at the reader board success as well. Just that simple reader board. Um, we have a lot of multifamily, residential, industrial, commercial around us. We're fortunate to be in that type of situation. So that reader board also pulls in a lot of people looking for those specials. And um, so that's, I think that's been our most successful. That social media marketing is just phenomenal. And we really promote our, our cooks. Um, we really promote our teams and we do a lot of word of mouth. Um, people are like, my gosh, you would not believe the French dip that they have. You would not believe this particular special and they bring people in. Um, I popped in this morning to our restaurant. Again, we're on Pacific time. So we're right in the, in the throes of breakfast right now. And our restaurant is packed and, uh, and it's not, yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We open, we start serving at 6 a.m. And we don't close our doors Monday or excuse me, Sunday through Thursday until midnight. And then uh, on the weekends, we're open until 2.30, 3.30 in the morning for bowling. Eventually, we'll take this location and we'll go 24-7. There's that much of a, of a demand for bowling in the area. And obviously, when you have bowlers, they want to eat and they want to drink. And so we need to be able to cater to them and make sure that we have really great options for them. We have, um, you know, kids menus, seniors menu. Uh, we also, as I mentioned, we also have uh, fitness centers. And so right next door to us, we just finished construction of a fitness center. And a lot of people don't see that tie-in, but if, if you think about the average person who goes to a fitness center, they're interested in health. They're interested in being physical. So we're finding that we have a lot of, which is what we hoped for, a lot of cross-marketing opportunities there where they will come over to the bowling center to get a bite to eat. And we're fortunate, again, because we don't have always that typical only bowling alley food that we can offer those salads. We can offer the chicken breasts. We can offer healthy options for them. And guess what? They also are finding out it might be fundable. So it's working out very well for us. Another piece of that, which we're going to launch probably within the next two to three months, will be um, prepared fitness um, centric meals for our fitness center people. So that is another opportunity for our kitchen team to have expanded work. We have the commercial kitchen here. Why wouldn't we do that? And uh, we'll have those those pre-made meals ready for our, our fitness people to pick up. And I would expect that we will also be able to find a market for that just for our bowling people as well. Um, we all know that life is crazy busy and unfortunately it just gets busier and busier for people. So the opportunity to be able to just stop and pick up that meal, be it a family related meal, 
whereas, you know, we don't do spaghetti, but if we did, you know, more, um, like those big pans, you know, that you want to be able to go, or you want to have a big, um, chicken wing, if you want to, you know, have that big party at home, why wouldn't you be able to come pick it up and take it home? So we've got a lot of opportunity coming and it's rethinking the, the traditional, what is a bowling alley offer? Uh, we're way beyond just loaded French fries, pizzas, those types of things. But in all honesty, those are what a lot of our bowlers like, and we sell it like crazy. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking about the skill set of listening to your customers, which you learned in, a, in your, your previous career, mm-hmm. and that does translate really well. But you, you, you've learned that it did. I, I'm just so fascinated with the idea of going from what you were doing to what you are doing. I mean, that seems to me like such a, um, it's such a significant change in what a day looks like, the types of people you're dealing with. I mean, what a, what a, an accomplishment to make that shift. It, was that, uh, did you have reticence about doing that when you first did? Or, I mean, what, what, like, no. what happened? why did you leave what you were what doing? Happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, like I said, I have, uh, I started in civil litigation and then went to in-house corporate work where I focused on contracts management and, um, and I loved what I did. So it wasn't that I was leaving something that I hated. I absolutely still love doing contracts. And as anybody knows who owns a business, you're faced with dealing with contracts a lot. So um, I can bring that over, that skill set over and continue to use it. But I think the part that really made me want to make the change is that, let's be honest, nobody goes to their attorney because they want to have fun. Mm-hmm. that's the reality. So because people come here and they're here to make memories and they're here to have fun and we sell fun and we sell joy, that to me was the most intriguing part. Um, back long, long, long time ago, I had some bar back and cocktailing experience. Um, engaging with people is I think one of the most beneficial opportunities that we have. And I think that that was only accentuated as we went through COVID when we found out how separate and how isolated we truly are without one another. And I know that that may may sound a little bit cliche, um, but the value in building teams and the value in seeing your neighbors and your community and having them come together and be happy, it doesn't get any better than that. One of the um, one of the dilemmas that we had in the state of Washington, we we just now were able to unmask uh, March 12th. So we were shut down for eight months completely, and everyone was still in masks. So just to be able to see someone smile. is still very new to us again after two years. And to be able to have people come in and bowl, to be able to have people socialize around a a restaurant table, to be able to have my servers and my cooks be able to smile at one another and share that with our customers. What an opportunity just to be able to to feel good and and to be happy. Um, 
I think that we really lost touch with that, especially here because of those tight mandates. And just to be able to come out of that is really refreshing. I, for me, I think it's been a great opportunity. I, I thrive on people pleasing. I thrive on building teams. Was it difficult to make the transformation? No, it really wasn't. And here's why is because I have the utmost respect for everyone on my team. And I've spent time in the dish pit. I've spent time on the line. I've spent time serving. I've spent time with my bartenders. I've spent time with everyone here. And they know way more than I do. And I'm not afraid to learn from them. And I'm not afraid to say, I don't know about that. Can you teach me? Show me how to do it. And if you're willing to do that, you earn respect and you earn trust. And from that, you learn those pieces and parts that you can bring in order to be able to make their lives better. When their lives are better, they're happier. When they're happier, my customers are happy. And our our growth and our profit have steadily increased. And with that, they get paid more. They're happier. So I think it's more of a team building and being coachable, being trainable, surrounding yourself with experts. Um, I have phenomenal Uh, food rep who has worked hand in hand with me. I have uh, a restaurant consultant that is one of the top in the nation. Um, He's worked hand in hand with us. So I think it's about surrounding yourself with good people, listening to what they need and learning from them and being willing to be vulnerable and say, I don't know, but I can learn and being willing to jump in and do whatever it takes. So, um, I, I think you just really need to check the ego at the door and yeah. learn those new things. And for me, that's fun. I, I love it. I really, really love it. So checking the ego is a big thing. And uh, you would not have been successful uh, most likely had you not been able to do that. Um, that that's, seems to be something in all the years of speaking to, Folks, like you said, many of the, many who said, you know, I started as a dishwasher at age 14 or whatever. But I mean, everybody with different backgrounds, it seems to me like the ones that have been the most successful generally, not always, but generally um, are, do have that that growth mindset. Um, aren't afraid to say they don't know or are happy to learn from somebody that does don't feel like they have all the answers. But also, like you just said, you've been on the dish pit. You've done every you're, – you're leading by example, and you're not, you know, telling people to do. You're doing and showing and learning and growing from that. So um, that's a really it's, – it's a fascinating transition that you made. I mean, it really is. Um, I, I have to say I have not come across anybody, and I've interviewed hundreds of people um, that's made that drastic of a, of a change from, a you know – really uh, a corporate world into doing, you know, and not only just what you're, I mean, it's not just a rest, you got the bowling, the restaurant. That's a, that's awesome. I mean, it's a really uh, admirable move that you were able to make. And it's cool to see how much you enjoy what you do. Um, And by the way, the other thing I would mention that you, you talked about that you address is you clearly have a big amount of respect for the people that you, that work on your team and the people in your community. And I, I completely agree with you that um, 
there's there's really something awesome about just just getting these things off our faces and just seeing smiles again. And I mean, it is, it is really hard to, um, we don't, I don't, I, I never thought about it that much beforehand, but it was very, I'm sure you were the same very quickly. I felt trapped in this thing and I couldn't stand not being able to see, you know, I mean, when you see people's eyes, it's one thing and you can, some people talk through their eyes, but not being able to see people's smiles for so long. And then, you know, the amount of sort of fear and anxiety it caused, um, you know, sort of compounds that for so long. So I, I agree. I'm so glad that y'all were able to, that's a long time, March 14th, March 12th. March I mean, that's, 12th. Mm-hmm. It's like almost two straight years. Um, yes. So, um, well, now you're and your husband has owned fitness centers for a long time. 44 years bought and sold. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it now, is, is that your own centers or is it um, a franchise organization? Or? No franchises um, owned. Yes. Okay. So we actually had 10 locations um, and then uh, sold those out to LA fitness in 2013, took a five-year break. And now we're back in, uh, right now with fitness quest with three locations and more coming. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's very cool. successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, it seems like yeah. a lot of fun. You got a lot of things going on and, uh, staying, I'm sure super busy. I'm sure you work a lot, particularly if you're going to be moving this thing to 24 seven, I know you're not going to be there 24 seven, but that means that there's always a, you know, something's going to happen it's 3am or 4am or whatever. Yes. Uh, So you're kind of always on, but you must have a really, really good team of people um, that are, you know, helping you run these things and, and uh, that you have, you've placed a lot of trust in and give a lot of autonomy to, I would imagine. Yes, they, they truly are the best. And uh, I think because we treat everyone as family, uh, we have a lot of loyalty and the Prioranos also had a lot of loyalty. We have some 15 and uh, gosh, 16 year employees who've been here with the bowling center. So, and um, my husband in the fitness centers has employees who've been with him 20 and 22 years. So a lot of it is how you treat people. And yeah. again, you know, being willing to listen to them, to learn from them, um, to coach them and, to make it so that it's a win-win. You know, it's it's interesting when I was, um, I mean, we all know how difficult it was in the hospitality when we came back from COVID as far as we had lost quite a few people who've left the industry. But it was interesting to me when I was interviewing, the simple question to people of in the perfect world, what schedule would you like? And I was shocked at the number of people who looked at me just stunned and said, I've been doing this for decades and no one's ever asked me that question. Really? Yes. And I was shocked at that because to me, if you don't, if you don't acknowledge that people have lives outside of work and they have um, needs that need to be met outside of work, be it family, be it, um, you know, hobbies, be it sports, be it whatever, and you bring people in, I mean, you're, you're taking that, that square peg and putting it in a round hole and that life work balance isn't going to work and they are going to leave um, no matter how hard you may try. So I think it's about making sure that people feel appreciated. I have some people only work 18 hours a week. 
I have some people who want that full 40. I have one that only works 11 hours a week. And the beauty of being able to, to flex a schedule and not be tied to certain shifts has really worked out well for us. And um, kudos to you and your team. Um, coming from the corporate world, I, I, I think that there's a lot of tools that we use in the, in the world that I came from that make us work uh, smarter, not harder. And Schedule Fly for us has been an absolute dream because prior to that, we were doing the Excel spreadsheet. And so I have the ability to, to easily produce schedules that work with my team. And the fact that they can go in and they can block out those days and times that they just simply are not available to work uh, makes it so easy for me to be able to use Schedule Fly and for them to be able to put up shifts and for someone to, to be able to grab it is is actually been such a time saver, such a stress relief. Um, there's no more texting back and forth. There's no more making phone calls because someone just called out. Uh, it's it's really been a great tool for us. So um, I really did want to take the opportunity to thank you and your team for always helping me. You're always available, um, but you've really made that portion of my transition so easy and such a dream. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't thank you all enough. Oh, you've got a great team. You know? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I, that's really kind of you, and uh, um, I appreciate that very much. Um, we uh, we're very thankful just to serve, you know, the people that we serve. And it's that's the best part that, you know, when you say something like that is just knowing that it's making things just a little easier for everybody. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, so it is an interesting um, shift in the in this industry over the last couple of decades of you know, forever. It was just kind of like, here's when you need to be here and, if you know when I say you need to be here and, you know, it, it, people, I think now, I think this generation that's coming up is really that if, if you don't offer the flexibility like you have, um, they'll find it somewhere. Um, Absolutely. And they're, they're not, they're not married to, you know, their, their work as much. They're also team seem to have a lot more options now, particularly now. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where so many people went, during COVID that have kind of left the industry. I don't know what they're doing now, but um, it just seems to be in so many places in the country. It's just very, very hard to find people to, to work. Um, however, I've noticed that folks like you and a lot of folks that just treat, you know, have treated people very, very well. Um, not just turn, now trying to get them to come work, but prior to that, and that's part of your ethos. Uh, they seem to be, you know, there, there, there are good people out there that are willing that want to work. And I think maybe more and more seem to be coming back now. Um, yes. Yeah. That's what we're seeing here in Washington. We okay. definitely are. I mean, there were, and, and this is not you know news to anyone out there in the hospitality industry, but there were Saturdays where I would sit here with 12 to 14 interviews scheduled. Maybe six of them had confirmed the night before and no one showed. No one. So, um, yeah, so, it, it, but now we have people coming in. I'm, I'm truly blessed, Will, in that I am probably a little overstaffed in my back of house. I'm probably a little overstaffed in my front of house, but I'm okay with that. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm truly 
I, I truly feel that we're blessed with that because I know that there's still a lot of restaurants that are struggling to be able to staff up. And um, we, we do a lot of, um, a lot of just making sure that our teams are happy and that they're working well together. Are there things that we can improve? Um, are there things that you wanna try? Giving them the opportunity um, to have those creative ideas. And one of the things that I'm super excited about, so I believe events bring people and that goes back to that marketing piece. So one of the things that I've challenged our team on and I'm gonna continue to is that with summer coming in Washington, people love to get out. We Washingtonians are pretty, um, when that sun comes out, we want to be outside. Well, for bowling and for fitness centers, that's not always the best time of the year for us. So one of the right. things that we're going to do um, for this summer is challenge our teams to, you know, you come up with the event, you come up with it. And if we all get together and we go, gosh, that sounds like a great event. Let's all chip in. Let's make it happen. And it's successful. We'll bonus them. Why wouldn't we do that? And yeah. it makes it fun for them and be it um, bringing in car shows, be it, um, you know, doing a poker run with a, with one of the local um, Harley groups, um, be it doing an outside um, band, be it a, an outside barbecue, whatever it is that you think, why would we not tap into that creativity of our team and go, let's, let's give it a shot. If it sounds like a great idea and the rest of the team is on board, let's make it happen. And if it's successful, we make money and you're going to get bonused because why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we do that? And they get excited about it. It gives them an opportunity to spread their wings. And I think tapping into that talent that you have on your team, gosh, you might even not know what you have. We have people with band connections. We have people with cars connections, those connections and that networking in, in our communities, it runs pretty deep and it runs with your own team members in your front of house and back of house. Yeah. They have a, a lot more depth into those groups than, than most people realize. And they get excited about it. So I think it's one of those win-win situations. So, and I, you know, we don't believe in having slow summers because the sun's out. I'm not buying it. I, I think that's an excuse. Um, and we're not, we're not going to have that. I love it. I love it. I love that mentality. Um, I think that's great. Plus it, it just, yeah, it gives them the opportunity to feel like they sort of own, you know, own something and, brought it to the table. So the, 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 the bonus is awesome. And then just the, the pride of, you know, coming up with something creative and meaningful and fun for everybody. Um, I'm exactly. sure there's a part of that too. Uh, so you said that you've got a lot of growth in your area and you're 30 minutes South of Seattle. Mm -hmm. I have to ask this question. I mean, I don't really watch a lot of news. It's just, you know, it seems like it's always just a lot of negative stuff, but what I've seen and heard about Seattle over the last year has been, I haven't heard a lot of great things. I don't want, I'm not putting the city down, but I've just heard there's just been this issue or that issue, or they took over part of the, you know, like it, it's, um, is that, are people that are moving to where you are, are a lot of them coming from Seattle or are they just coming from other parts of the country or what's driving a lot well, of that growth? A little of both. Um, and what you're hearing about Seattle on the news is, is spot on, unfortunately. Um, I've been here 33 years and the decline of Seattle is 
it's pretty remarkable and not in a good way. So we have a lot of exodus out of the city, out to the more rural areas, um, more out to those suburban areas. And there's a lot of growth from that. Um, interesting enough, you know, one of the silver linings for COVID is that people learned that they could operate their businesses by having remote work employees. So rather than having those employees having to either commute into Seattle or live in the Seattle proper, um, they found that, gosh, we can successfully run our businesses by having these people work from home. And what's happened is people are finding that as they move further out from Seattle, they can find larger homes, larger um, property, and be able to successfully have a great life without having to go into the city. So that has also uh, caused that boom. Along with that, we have a lot of people that have come um, from California, from Oregon. A lot of people have found that Washington, which truly is a beautiful, it's a beautiful state, has found that you know, it's a great place to raise a family. It's a great place to be. So that, um, that really has caused this area to, to boom. And it's, you know, like I said, it's, it's multifamily, it's residential, commercial, industrial. Um, so in, it's, it's only going to continue, I think, in the south end. Yeah. Which is great for us. We're, we're very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um, well, listen, Diana, I'll let you go, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And we appreciate the business very much, of course. And that was very nice you know, what you had to say and not, not, not expected. So thank you. Um, thank you very much sincerely. And thank you for what you're doing. I mean, it's inspiring. I love hearing the way that you and, you know, your husband have approached the business and, and the mentality that you're bringing to it and the leadership and, um, you know, the hospitality space is better off for having you doing this and not over there, uh, you know, and uh, so, I mean, I know you loved what you did, but, uh, you know, we need more people like you in hospitality to keep it thriving and growing, particularly in the, you know, independent hospitality where um, you're so invested in the community and you're constantly finding ways to add value to the community and make things better and bring people together. So they're having fun. And uh, so thanks for what you're doing. And uh, I hope one day, uh, you know, that our paths might cross. If I'm, I'm ever out that way, I'm definitely going to come find y'all. I hope that you do. And um, thank you for having me. And again, thanks to your great team. We, uh, we really do appreciate all the hard work that you do on your end so that we can be successful on ours. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. um, and if you ever need anything, I'm your guy. Always happy to help. Thank you. Well, appreciate it. You have all a right. great day. All right, you too. Okay, bye. bye.